You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams. Reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly, skip the FOMO, and let's dive into the deep together. Okay, the first thing I want to talk about today, a little bit different to probably what you thought I was going to talk about, but I think we've just been steering the ship all over the place to sort of get you started in the right mindset for the next 12 months. But I want to ask you guys, like, how do you deal with rejection? How do you feel about when you put yourself out there and then someone says, nah, I'm not interested, or you ask the wedding venue and say like, hey, I'd love to do some work with you or be on a recommended vendor list, or is there something I can, some way we can collab? And then you get no... How does that make you feel? And how do you get past it? How do you personally react to that, Rachel? Yeah, I feel like it really bothers me if I feel like it's something I need to be doing or if I'm the right fit. If not, if it's just like not a good fit, then I feel like it's not, it doesn't hurt as much. Or if like, you know, both those things like you really care about, those are, those are tough. Yeah, that's perfect. How about you, Jace? Whenever like someone says no, like either a venue or a client for like either a package or something along those lines, I found like throughout my career, I kind of get discouraged really easily. I, I have a like an ideal idea of what I should be, just like a perfect neutral. So if someone doesn't like immediately accept my services, my rates, or something along those lines, I just feel like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. Then I quickly reevaluate what I'm doing. But recently, like especially watching the course of like being relentless and just like keep on going at it, that's I've been kind of like putting that more mindset towards just pursuing things I want. Yeah, perfect. How about you, Lisa? When I started with the business, uh, like uh, almost 10 years ago, it was very difficult. And uh, I was just crying, you know, desperate, uh, cannot, uh, you know, end with rejection. I think uh, this is something that uh, you learn after years. And uh, now, you know, it's uh, totally fine for me. And it's like, uh, um, I cannot be, you know, the cup of tea of everyone. But uh, I can be the cup of tea of someone and it's enough. So if uh, they are not my either client, uh, it means that uh, it's okay, you know. So usually, I'm, I mean, now that I'm in Iceland, I have so many requests, uh, like too many. And so it's a little bit different than before. When I was in Italy, it, I was struggling, you know, more because uh, there is uh, a lot of uh, people that are doing photography. Here uh, we are less uh, and it's a little bit simple. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, n- now is not a problem anymore. Before it was uh, really, you know, I was struggling so much uh, with it. So, Elaine? For me, I think I get a little bit uncomfortable when I get like something is rejected or, or no, someone says no. But then I think I also start this like over analysis um, and I'm like, I, I don't know. It was it them? Was it me? What can I do differently? What do I have to do better? And I just start trying to like break it down because I want to improve it because I just don't want that. I don't know. That's what <laughs> happens for me. Totally. How about you, Amy? I think for me, like one thing is I actually haven't had a whole ton of rejection, which sounds really cocky and it's not. It's just that I haven't put myself out there. You know, like I haven't been brave enough to put myself in scenarios where I could be rejected. But I've certainly suffered that know from people who think that I'm too expensive and I used to take that quite personally 
And I've just come around to realize that it's not about me. It's about them and where they're at and their kind of circumstances. And I will be too expensive for tons of people. Um, I mean, I'm a family photographer and lots of lots of people don't expect to have to pay a whole heap for family photos because there's always some guy down the road who wants to do them for 150 bucks. But I had I had a really great phone call earlier in the week with an actress who wanted some headshots and she didn't want to book just over email. Like, you know, I'd, I'd sent all the initial responses and stuff and she just wasn't biting. And then I said, hey, can I give you a phone call? And I rang her and she said on the call, you know, I have to be honest, she said, I fell in love with your portfolio. I think you do actors' headshots really differently to everybody else and I love what you do. But the price was really scary to me. It was a hard swallow. And I was like, uh-huh, totally get that. And that's cool. But let me tell you why you're going to love them so much better than what you get from somebody who's charging less. And I did the whole value-based kind of spiel. And I got off that phone call and I felt really good about it. I was like, that wasn't a hard sell. She's booked and she booked because she saw the value. So awesome. How about you, Bryce? Yeah. So for me, I think it's always like the, the same thing, like a V-curve. First, because sometimes I think I am my business and my business is me. So if, if someone is saying no to my business, it's kind of like he's saying no to me. So mm-hmm. that's why it, it, it hurts. But then I'm like, yo, don't you remember that you love? Like I have to get used to uh, be comfortable and uncomfortable. Does it make sense? Being comfortable yeah, with being so, uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, okay, then uh, let's let's go out there and 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 try again. So there's a few things I want to talk about with rejection, and um, one of the reasons why is because I actually do see a lot of people holding themselves back because of rejection, and this is how it usually sounds when they join the business map. Like, hey, Jai, one of my big goals is to get published in a magazine. I submitted once, and they said no, and I haven't ever submitted again. Well, hey, Jai, I went to a venue once and I asked them if I, I could put in a wedding album. They said no. And then I've, I actually never went back to it. Hey, Jai, I ran a Facebook ad and it didn't work. And so I turned it off and I never went back to it. Or, hey, Jai, I did an Instagram post this week. No one liked it. And then that's it. Or, hey, Jai, I had one inquiry this week and then we jumped on a call and then they didn't book me. And so now I'm not really marketing. And so we get, always get stuck in our heads because we have like one thing. That happens to us. And then we see it's a rejection. And then we usually tend to sort of shy away because we don't want that to happen again. And especially if it was a hard rejection. For instance, Leela the other day reached out to a wedding album um, company in Australia, which is like one of the biggest ones. And she said, Hey, I'd love to collab with you guys because I'm bringing out some page templates. They wrote back to her. They were so rude that I can't, I almost wanted to call them out. Like they were so brutal to her. And then I was like, oh my God, like how could someone treat someone like this? And now Lilu's like, oh, I don't really want to contact anyone else to collaborate with them. Like I would never want to go for that again. And so now she's holding herself back because there was one rejection. And I, and I get it, especially in that case, but there is a way that we need to start measuring our rejections. A rejection means we are moving forward, like Amy said in the comments, right? Now there is, we can use rejections as a measuring stick which is funny. We like to measure things, don't we? Size matters. We like to measure things. So the measuring stick for our success comes down to how much action are you taking? And so when I talk about unrealistic actions, right? If you want to get featured in one magazine, how many people think you should submit to one magazine? Because if I thought, if I want to get featured in one magazine, I contact 10 magazines because I know I already anticipate nine rejections. I know that's going to happen. 
if I want to get uh, on a recommended vendor list for one wedding venue, I need to go to 10. And I already anticipate nine rejections. And if I don't get nine rejections, it means I didn't go to enough places. Does that make sense? So I need them to happen. So for us, when I go out on a weekend and I can book out a whole year just by driving to venues and talking to venues, right? If I drive to venues, I will go, oh, today I want to get two venues on. I want to be on recommended vendor list for two venues. And I'll, and I'll have a list and I'll Google them and I'll check out all the places and I'll pre-email them and I'll have 20 people on my list. And then for day one, I'll go around to 10. I usually spend like maybe 45 minutes at each, half an hour. And then the next day I'll go to 10. And at the end of the weekend, if I get two, then I'm like, that's a huge success. Even if I get one, I'm like still a huge success. That was a weekend worth spreading the word about my business, meeting some new people and who knows what's going to happen down the track. So then we can start measuring out like, are we actually taking enough action? Because if you didn't get rejected today and yesterday and this week, then maybe you're trying to avoid rejection, which means you're trying to avoid growth on your business because, hey, everyone's not going to be open to your ideas or your dreams or your goals or your plans, you know, or all the things that you're doing. Now, who sees this as a problem? If you get a client meeting and they didn't book you and you obsess over it for a week thinking about how they didn't book you, do you guys know how to fix that problem or what the problem actually is? The problem is you don't have enough client meetings. It's not that you've got one. It's you're hung up on one. Your whole business relies on this one client meeting that you're losing sleep over it because your whole business is now in turmoil because you didn't book the one meeting. So how do you fix it? Hey man, I need 10 meetings this week. I need to turn up some marketing. I need more people walking through my door. So then you know what happens? Hey, I'm too busy to worry about the one that didn't book. And and to be honest, I'm glad they didn't book because I've already got too many clients now. Now, the amount of times it's happened for me, and my life has always been like this. Like, I hate to say, like, it sounds, it's, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know if it's privilege. I don't know what it is, but I've always had too many clients. You know, I've always been in with all my businesses, like, man, oh, shit, too many clients, too many people. And so I had this one time in my business when I was, when I was doing in person meetings. I'll do them always on, the, on one day. And it was like a Wednesday. I'd clean up the studio and, I, and I'd put on some nice clothes and, you know, brush my hair slightly and then um, brush my teeth. And then, so, you know, all dulled up. And then I would wait for everyone to come in. And so this one day, I remember that someone was running late, the next person's running late, the next person's running late. And then I double book someone. And so while I'm sitting there, I'm like doing this client meeting and then someone else walks in, there's no waiting room. And I was like, oh shit, oh, you guys are a little bit early. Can you just wait outside there? So they're standing there next to the glass door. So we're sort of looking at them. Anyway, so I'm like continuing on in this client meeting. Then the next couple come and then the next two couple. And then there's a wait waiting line at the front of like four different couples. So eight people waiting to come in and I'm stressed out. And I'm there. I'm like, Oh my God, like I need to get, you know, um, do you guys want to book? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be available. Needless to say, every single one of them booked because they all said, Joe, I knew you're busy, but shit. I didn't realize there was a wait list just to meet you. You know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, it's crazy down here. It's always like this, you know? Uh, anyway, if you want to book now, you can, because I might not be available in half an hour's time. Like, you know what I mean? So it worked to my advantage, but the thing was, for me, it never mattered if someone really didn't book because I was literally already going like, thank God, because that was a big wedding. And I, I already know I've got five other inquiries for that same weekend because I just fill up my funnel like that. And I'd always be doing so much expansive marketing and expanding into the marketplace because I'd be everywhere. 
every venue would know who I am, every florist. I'd be on everyone's Instagram accounts, all the other vendors' Instagram accounts, always sending photos to everybody else, always networking, always talking, always doing all the things that I need to do to get my brand out there because I became omnipresent. So if we're sitting here obsessing over the one person that didn't book because I only had one inquiry this month, the problem isn't that you had one, I mean, that you didn't book them. It's just that you had one inquiry. That's the problem. And so we need to start turning up those inquiries. So then that way, it matters less if you're getting less of those, I mean, more of those rejections. Same as your Instagram posts. Hey, if you posted once today or once this week and you're like, man, no one's liking it, engagement's dropping. Hey, it's because you posted once. Just post again, see what happens. Then post again, then post again, then post again and see what happens. Because if you're obsessing over the one thing that you already posted, you shouldn't even be looking at it. You already posted it, it's gone. So you should be putting attention into creating something new so you can have something to post tomorrow. That way, hey, no one even noticed that no one looked at your post. So the way that I do Instagram, man, I will post and I don't even care if it's perfect. And sometimes people don't even see it and sometimes people don't view it. But what I like to do is I bury the post. Instead of deleting it and obsessing over it, I'm like, I just need to post so much more that people will never even see it. Let's go. Does that make sense? Because if you start expanding, you've got volume of things, you start worrying about different problems. Because one of the things in business is everyone thinks, hey, Joe, I'm joining the business map because I want to get rid of my problems. You will never get rid of your problems. Your problems, what you need to get rid of is the small problems. Because if you've got small problems in your business, then I mean, that's painful. You need big problems. If you've got big problems, then that's something worth waking up for. You know what I mean? So if your problem is like, oh, I'm not getting enough views on Instagram, that's a shit problem, right? But a big problem is, oh my God, I've got too many people waiting in line to book me right now. That's a big problem. That's a good problem because that's what you want. Oh my God, I just booked too many people this year. That's a good problem. That's a big problem. Work that out. Go work out how you can outsource. Get some associate shooters. Get some second shooters. Get some, have some relaxed days. Work something out because that's a big problem. So it's not about getting rid of your problems because you never will. It's about changing the problem. So the problem for me isn't that I just didn't book that one wedding. I'm, it's the big problem that I don't have enough bookings coming through that I lose sleep over the one that I didn't get. I want the big problem, not the little problem. Does that make sense? So I think, yeah, a lot of the times there's just a bit of a misconception, but, um, but as we're expanding, use rejections as... Um, as a guide for yourself to see if you are making enough connections. If you DM someone, hey, I'd love to catch up for coffee. The amount of times I hear this, Jai, no one's given me any chances. I contacted two photographers in my town to see if I could second shoot and they both didn't get back to me. I'm like, oh man, what a terrible problem. And that the fact that you took time to DM me that shit problem, so small, so shit, that I, I don't care. If you wrote to me and said, I contacted 200 photographers, I'd be like, oh, that's a big problem. That's cool. You know? There's something you've got to fix there. But contacting two, man, come on. What was that? That's not even worth talking to me about. Come on. That's like, oh, I just stumped my toe. I'm going to send a DM. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so it's the same as like, hey, man, I, I, like, I didn't book one client this month and I only had one inquiry. I'm like, that's not your problem. Don't DM me that problem. Who cares? Get yourself 30 clients coming through your door. That's the big problem. Ask me about that. Jai, I need 29 more clients coming through my door. How do I make that happen? Oh, you need 29. Why is that? Because I had one and I didn't book them. Ah, I get it. That's a big problem. Let's make that happen. So it's a different way of thinking. Obviously, all this stuff is all mindset shifts, especially as you're going into the course. Because, hey, when you get into the course, man, if you've got little problems, don't allow yourself to get stuck on little problems. And this is what they sound like. Joe, I started doing the course, but then you talked about Google Analytics. And then I was like, I don't know how to install that. And so I just gave up. 
Hey, that's a tiny problem. Who cares? Just outsource it. It literally will cost you $10. That's a $10 problem. It's not even worth actually speaking about. $10, $5. You know what I mean? Like that's a terrible problem. I mean, so often we get stuck in our own way because we get stuck on all these tiny little problems that we think are big. Like, oh, Jai, I mean, big problems. Someone will say, it's like, Jai, I don't have a price guide. It's such a big problem. I've been stressing about it for six months now. I'm like, you know, you can buy a template for 200 bucks. It would have solved six months worth of stress. And then you would have had moved on to bigger problems. You know, that's, it's an easy fix. The problem is, is that you're worried about these little shit problems. That's what the problem is. So some hard love, but if we do change that, it means we're looking for big problems because that's what we want. We want to overbook things. We want too many people come through the door. I want too many inquiries. I want my website to to crash when I'm doing a launch because there's too many people coming into my live video. Like I want that. I want too many people in my DMs so then I can't get back to everybody and stress me out. Like I want that. I mean, the problem I don't want is no one gets into my DMs and no one shows up and everything runs perfectly. That's a shit problem. Does that make sense? <laughs> so as we're expanding, you, things are going to happen too. Like, Jai, I don't have enough time now because like, I'm getting so much busy and so many more clients. Well, now you've got new problems. You need to outsource something. We need to think about hiring someone. We need, there's a new problem means new solution and it means you're expanding. And when you get new big problems, the cool thing is you don't think about the small problems anymore because they're, no long, they're too small for you to think about. No longer on your radar. And as we move forward, that's what's going to happen for you over the next 12 months. You're going to find such big problems over the next 12 months. They're going to be scary and they're going to be fun. As you find success, a lot of people are scared of success because they're scared of new problems. I know I could ask anyone in here, hey, would you want to be a billionaire? But also you have to work like a billionaire. And that means you have to work out and strategize a billionaire's company. You need to hire thousands of people. Like, Would you want those problems? Hell no. A lot of people would not want that problem, right? Everyone's calling you out on social media saying that you should be changing the world because you made all the money. Hey, these are problems that you probably don't want. And so we expand the size of the problems that we want. Do you want to make... Here's, a, here's one problem that I've got. I mean, this is a problem that you guys probably don't want, but I'm doing a property development in Queensland and I just did all these... Based on the neighbor saying that I can go ahead and doing it and it was based on them saying yes. And then they did say yes and I haven't got it in writing yet. So I went ahead... And I've spent about a hundred grand on engineering, architectural plans, all that kind of stuff. And then he sent me a text message today saying, Hey, Jai, no longer want to go ahead with it. So just scrap that idea. I'm like, shit, man, that's a problem. That's a hundred thousand dollar problem today that I just had. That's just gone. So I, like, I know there's people in this room that was like, I would hate to have that problem. I'm like, good. I mean, stay where you are. The $50 problem, the $5 problem, you know, the Google Analytics problem, the, the social, the, I just joined the business map, can't afford the two and a half thousand dollar problem that you have. Like worry about that right now. Because as, as we expand, like obviously problems get bigger. Um, there's more risk. There's more involved. Um, and, there's, and that's just what business is. And that's why most of us are not scared of failure. Most of us are scared of success because we're scared of the problems that we don't even know that are going to come ahead. And the amount of times that I do hear that, it's like, man, I don't know if I want to be that busy. Listen to everyone in this room. I don't know if I want to be a luxury wedding photographer because if I go into luxury wedding photographers, like people with money, are, uh, um, they're all nasty people. That's just saying I'm scared of success because I don't want to change to where I want to be, right? Because I don't know what it's like out there. Like, Joe, I don't know. I don't know if I want to make two hundred thousand because I don't have that much money. I mean, you do want to make that much money. It's just that you don't know how to get there, so it's scarier to go to the unknown than it is to stay where you are or to go back to where you came from because you already know what that's like. So for me, like I've been bankrupt before. I've lost businesses. I've lost money and I've failed so many times. I've lost money today. 
I lose money all the time and I know what it feels like. So I don't mind. And it doesn't scare me because it's not unknown. But for me, if I ran a $10 million business, that's scary for me. Cause, and I try and hold myself from doing that by putting things on my plate that I deem that's busy and important, but they're not. They're just for my insecurities. So I stop progressing as fast as I should be progressing. Does that make sense? So playing small is like playing small with all these small problems. And it's one thing I want you to think about instead of that mindset, instead of thinking it's rejection and it's for you and they're rejecting you in some way, it's not. It's just a measurement tool of going like, I know I'm taking action because I'm here, I'm uncomfortable. I just got rejected. I know I need to keep doing it because if I really want to hit that goal and if that actually means something to me, then I need to keep showing up like that. And if it doesn't mean anything to me, I should just give up now because that's, that's just what most people do. The last thing is, of course, if you're going to get rejected in any way, you've got to um, pull yourself away from thinking it's all about you. It's never about you. Nothing's ever about you. No one actually cares about anyone here. Like, unfortunately, that's the truth, right? Like when I'm sitting here, I'm not like, man, people actually care about me. That's awesome. I'm like, no, they don't. They care for themselves. They want to get results from me for their business. It's a selfish thing. And if I didn't do that, like no one would be here. I know the, how the world actually works. And I know how everyone works. So if I post on Instagram, if I'm like, oh, no one's engaging. I'm not like, okay, well, it's because I suck. Like, look at me. Like, maybe I'm ugly. Like, I, I just, I should have posted something better. I don't know. I'm thinking, well, I didn't bring value to people. That's what it is. Like, why aren't they interacting? Because maybe it wasn't worth interacting with. There's got to be something that I've got to create. So then people in their own worlds go, oh, that's for me. That's awesome. Does that make sense? So when someone comes to you, they say, Jai, I love your photography so much. You're the only person I could ever shoot my wedding. You're the only person that shoots like that. In my head, I'm like, I know that's what you think because I make everyone else relevant, but I know there's about a hundred other photographers in my area that will shoot just like me. It's not what I say, but I know that you're here because I can communicate with you that your photos are going to look like this. Your portfolio is going to like, you know, portfolio, my portfolio of images look like this. And there's a chance that you could be featured. There's a chance of something else, you know, and then so on. There's bragging rights for you. There's status. There's, there's so many things. So when we think about that, if someone rejects me, I know that I'm like, okay, it's not because they're like, oh, I mean, sitting here obsessing over you all night, John, I just come to my conclusion that I don't actually like you. I don't actually like what you post on Instagram. Like it's so rare because we go on there and we, the first thing we do is like, do I go over and check out what Ben's post today on Instagram? No, I check out my stuff. I'm like, okay, well that one didn't do well. Shit. No one's liking me. Do I get any DMs? No, I didn't. Oh, dang it. And I obsess over my own account and my last post and my last five posts. And I'm looking at the engagements. I'm looking at the stats and I'm going on the Facebook groups to see if everyone else is getting the same as me. I suck. So if you work that out, then it's safe to say everyone feels that way, which means no one's sitting there on your account right now obsessing over your stuff going, oh my God, it's not perfect. The feed's not perfect. you know. And that means it gives us freedom of like, oh, I understand that. So that one didn't work because it didn't give value to someone else. So how can I create it more engaging, more fun, more inspirational, more, more motivational? How can it bring some sort of value to someone where they're going to like it, save it, share it, comment on it? I mean, if it moved them so much, they actually comment on it, then you should probably obsess over saying thank you to that person because that's where the engagement is. Engagement is not about people engaging with you. It's you engaging with people. If someone is moved so much by your Instagram account that they literally will stop and view and watch a 30-second video or they'll comment on something or they'll share it in their feed, 
you should be reposting or you should be saying, thank you. The fuck that took me so much fucking work. I obsessed over that shit for so long and you fucking finally seen it. And thank you. It actually took me 20 posts for you to see that one post, to be honest. And it took me, it was just heartache. You know, I did an Instagram course. I did, I was there dancing on TikTok for like three fucking days. And then you finally commented, thank you. Cause Hey, that's the truth, isn't it? Like, tell me, like, we all know that's the truth. (laughs) So yeah, don't see like Instagram, your clients, vendors, other people in the industry. Don't see that as you getting rejected because the amount of people are so like so many people are so selfish, but you won't get anything in this life when you're selfish. Like you only get, like, if you give, you become a giver, then you'll receive a lot. Right. So the amount of DMs that I get like, Jai, can you, let me be a second shooter because I want to build my portfolio because I want to be, build a business. I'm like, Fuck, man. Well, that brings me nothing. That's cool that you're doing all these things, but why does that involve me right now? You know, so we've got to understand we're coming at it at the wrong place. It should be, hey, Jai, if you allow me to come on and second shoot with you so I can build my portfolio, what I'm going to do is I'll walk around with my phone. I'm going to take so many reels that for the next month, you're going to have so much behind the scenes stuff that you can post. How's that sound? Oh, thank you for bringing me some. Absolutely. Next wedding's next weekend. When can, yeah, let's do that. Absolutely. Does that make sense? And I'll make sure I'll get you a really good photo in exchange for that as well. So you can use that on your website. So we've always got to come from a place of like service. How can I actually, if, if I'm asking, if I walk into a venue and say, hey, can I be on your recommended vendor list? It's usually a hard no because I'm asking something from someone. And most people, I don't know who you are and you ask me for something for free. Like, it's just a no. But if I came to him and said, Hey, can I, I, I would love to come and do some work for you. I would love, I've looked at your website, love to update it. I've got some photo skills, video skills, and I can do it anytime, any place. And in exchange, like, I would love to actually be on your recommended vendor list. So then that way I can shoot more clients and I can give you more of those photos as well. So we can showcase how good your venue looks. I'm going to post on my Instagram. Like, how's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good, Jai, but I've already got photographers on my recommended vendor list. That's good. Where are they today? Why aren't they here taking photos for you? Why is your website not updated with new photos? Then I just, well, I'm curious. Like, who are these people that are on your list that can't budge? Because I'm here right now. I'll be here next weekend. And I'll be here every weekend until you say yes. I'm telling you. So yeah, I want you guys just to think about how can you bring value to people? Like, for instance, in the course, right? How many people, if you change your mindset around joining something like this, and instead of going, I'm going to join this, this cost me fucking two and a half grand. And I'm just stretched out like this is bullshit. I'm going to get in there and try and squeeze everyone for whatever I can get. Jai, why isn't there more? I want more, more, more. And if you started doing that, hey man, you will get no connections. You will get none of my time because I'm not there to try and give people that are taking all the time. But imagine if you change your mindset and said, I'm joining this thing. And I know there's a wealth of people, a wealth of knowledge. And there's people I want to hang out with. So what can I bring people in this course? Like, how can I bring a little bit of happiness? How can I set up something where we can all meet up? How could I bring Jai some value? How can I do these things? Hey man, everything would change for you. Because just like Bryce said the same thing to someone that he contacted, people will be like, oh, should we should get to work right now for you for free. Would you like some wedding leads? I've got heaps of them. You're in Melbourne. I can send you some. You know, so it's completely different. So in workshops, whatever you do, like whenever I go anywhere, I'm always thinking not about what can I take? What am I going to get out of here? How can I be selfish with this? I'm like, what can I give to the people around me? What do they need at what time? Because even if someone has been nasty and they're, and they're saying something, like you can bring, you can combat that and bring some positivity. Like, so everyone's in a different place and, and we're all moving 
we're all doing our very best to become the best versions of ourselves, but there's a certain level that you get to of like how woke you are with your own mindset and then how much work that you do. But if you recognize in, in someone needs to do a lot of work on themselves, a lot of the times we can ask people just like, what do you need right now? That's all we need to say. We don't need to say, you're saying that wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. you got a bad mindset, you know, things like that. So what do you need right now? I know that, I know how you're feeling. I know that you're moving this way. This is what I've done in my past and it's helped me a lot. And then people will always gravitate towards you because you are the person that brought that little bit of happiness, so much value to someone's life and you impacted their life and you don't even know it a lot of the times. So I just wanted to like sort of finish off this whole thing with that because it's just like your mindset over the next 12 months. So many of us were trying to take all the time. But the second, and my dad taught me this when I was you know 11 years old. I've told this story before, but it's like, if you can learn to give, then you will receive so much. And I remember saying to my dad that I saved up, I was 11 years old and I was working, you know, $2 an hour at this job, had a job when I was 11. And I saved up $50 and said, Oh my God, I got $50. And I went to my dad, I want a hundred dollars. And dad was like, well, why do you want a hundred dollars? I was like, I don't know, but I, I want a hundred. He said, well, if you want a hundred, go and work out how to give away the 50. And I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? So then I went and gave away the 50. What I do, I think I walked next door and I was like, hey, do you guys need anything? Um, can I mow your lawn? I've got some money. I'll go get some petrol. And I went and bought some, some petrol. And then at the end of it, they end up paying me $100. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It literally just worked so quick. But the thing is, so many of us, we obsess over taking. But the second that we stop hoarding, because we're hoarders, right? Like savings, like we try and save money. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got so much money. I've got two grand in the bank account. I'm saving that shit. No one go near it. And we hoard all these things. You know, don't touch it. Don't look at it. <laughs> Don't, I don't want you to know how much money I got. We hoard everything. And then when we're hoarding all these things, it brings us no happiness because we're stressed about it for starters. It brings no one else any happiness because they're all stressed about you being stressed. <laughs> and then you don't grow because you're trying to save all the time. Now, imagine if we didn't save. You know, and I always say like saving is, saving is for people that want to retire. And I don't know about you, but in my friendship circle and my parents and every friend that I have, parents, anyone that just saved to riches, never got to riches. I literally don't know anyone. So the, the old saying, it was like, oh, you just saves, you know, save some pennies. One day you're going to be rich. You're going to retire when you're like 70. Oh, man, it's been such a disaster for all my parents' friends because they're all going like, we need pensions. We need something. There ain't enough money. Like inflation's killing us. There's no rental markets anymore. Like things are so expensive. I can't live anywhere. Can't even eat. I'm like, well, it's because you spent your whole life saving for a world that doesn't exist. We can't save like that. We've got to use money. Money in your bank account is going to lose value quicker than you can spend it always. If you had $50,000 in your bank account last year in the US, it's probably worth about 30000 this year. Like that's, you just lost $20,000 by saving. You know, so if we don't use the money by investing in ourselves, in our brands, in people around us, investing in our own wealth, which is our minds, but then actually investing in assets that are going to grow and stuff, then we're only going to be losing all the time. So yeah, learn to give, give away, give knowledge, give information, give hugs, give whatever it has to be, because the world's got a funny way of always giving back to those people, which is you. Gonna love yous and leave yous. Don't forget, all of these are recorded and put on the BM radio, which is the podcast for the business map, which is in the coaching portal. So if you want to just listen to it, 
you can as well. And we'll listen to any of the last couple of days. So I'm just uploading those, all the audio and everything. So you can go listen to those. You can go watch the replay of all these. They'll be on there for a couple of months. I'll delete them in three months time. And bye guys.